0: Right com.
1: Hey guys, here's what's happening at Right from the
0: Deep. Well, first, of course, thank you to all our patrons on Patreon. We
1: appreciate you guys so much. And a special thanks to our January sponsor of the month, Stacy McClellan. Hey Stacey! She's been working on her first book, a Christian speculative novel titled Make Known His Path. Yeah, thank you, Stacey.
0: We're grateful for you.
1: And I am excited to be teaching at
0: the West Coast Christian Writers Conference, February 25th through 27th, and that is coming up soon. It'll be online, so you guys check it out. Um, there's so many good um, videos that are going to be there because it's all online. So love for you to check it out at westcoastchristianwriters.com. And as Karen and I started um, last time, we were talking about wonders, and um, We wanted to encourage you guys to think about what God is doing in your life every day and the little things that He does. And I want to tell you about something that happened to me. I have always wanted to have a red maple in my yard. These are the kind that, like, you know, they turn flaming red in the fall. And I've tried to buy these and they always turn brown and not red. So it's just been one of those things. Well, We bought this house that we have now. We bought it in May, and... I didn't really know for sure what kind of trees we were going to have, but lo and behold, you will not believe that in the fall in my front yard is a beautiful red flaming tree in the fall. And not just that, you guys, my whole street, it's like there's a red maple in everybody's front yard. And I just had to appreciate how God sometimes sneaks up on you with something that you just, you never expected, you always kind of wished for. And It felt like an I love you surprise. So watch for those. Look and see what God does for you today. And now, here's here's the show. show. Welcome listeners to the deep. We're excited to have you here and we are excited to have a guest with us. Mary DeMuth. Yay!
1: Yay. And Karen will introduce her. Mary DeMuth is an amazing person. She does so many things and does them all so well. And her most recent thing is the Pray Everyday podcast, which in only three years has now 1.5 million downloads. And you can find that at prayeveryday.show. And it's in 150 countries and who knows how many languages. She's just really remarkable. And she also is an amazing artist. You can find her artwork at marydemuth.com forward slash art that will take you to her Etsy shop. But the most important thing about Mary is how much she loves Jesus and how much she trusts him and how when the unexpected things come to her, she follows him, even if it's difficult. So that's the most important thing about Mary and the depth of her love for Jesus and the depth of her faith in him is just so inspiring. And that's what we want to share with you today because she has experienced yet another Change and detour on her journey in the deep. That's right. Welcome, Mary.
2: Thank you. It's great to be here.
1: All right. We are excited to have you here. And
0: some of you may or may not know we've had Mary on in the past for one of her books she had written. She's written so many, but one of them that we talked about way back when. So I think that was episode 25. We'll put a link in the show notes so you can check that out. But we always ask our guests what the deep means to them. And Mary may have answered that way back when, but that changes for us. That changes according to what we're going through in our lives. So today,
2: Mary, what does the deep mean to you? Today, it means fostering a very strong adherence and love for the Word of God. I've been making the spiritual practice over the past two years. I've been choosing to rapid read the Bible in two or three month increments from beginning to end. And it's been one of the best spiritual practices I have ever done. Mm. And it caused me to have really great connections between the Old and the New Testament and a really strong understanding of the storytelling of God. And so, to be deep is to to steep myself in the Word of God, so that I know it well enough to be able to rattle it off at any moment and to recall it at any time.
1: Wow! Wow, that's impressive.
0: It is. That's how long did you say you've been rapid reading? Like, how many times now do you think
2: you've been, you've um, done that? I think probably eight to ten times uh, over the past year and a half to two years. Wow! Wow! That'll, that'll get you
0: a lot of insight. I love that. That's a great idea. Let's talk about just the most recent change that's happened in your life because we've talked about a few things and we want to we wanna cover all of them. But this most recent thing that you are doing now, <laughs> after writing and doing all of these other things, training writers, you are now an agent. How did
2: that happen? I don't know, but I just did. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, um, it's interesting because uh, growing up, I never thought, oh, someday I want to be a literary agent. It was just, it's just been part of this journey that God has brought me on. And uh, this last fall, I uh, had to let go of my literary agent and was looking for a new one. And uh, during that time, my husband and I and our kid, our adult kids were hiking in the mountains of Colorado. We climbed a 14er, which was crazy. Hmm. But while we were doing that and I lost an agent, he said, you should become an agent.
1: Hmm. And,
2: of course, I told him I can't be my own agent. But that kind of stuck in my mind. Like, gosh, that sounds interesting. And I have been mentoring writers for decades like that is the moment I learned something I would teach it it's just kind of in my blood and so I've been masterminding I'm doing intensives I've been training coaching I mean I've just been doing it forever Well, what an interesting way to use that skill set, but to mentor writers toward traditional publishing. And I have a lot of affection for traditional publishing, and I know it like the back of my hand. And I've been through the sanctification process that is publishing, um, which is all the sadness and all the joy and all the (laughs) things thrown in. So I feel like I can be a really good empathetic agent who understands both sides of the industry.
0: Wow. So what made you think, though, like from his suggesting this, how did that suddenly come to be as, yeah, that's really what I should do? Lead us through that decision-making process and and how you came to feel more sure that that's the next move for you.
2: Well, my first reaction was, that's dumb. (laughs) (laughs) By the way. (laughs) I don't want to do that. Um, But uh, the second reaction was to pray. And uh, my very first Mount Hermon that I went to, Randy Alcorn was the speaker. And he encouraged us to have a prayer team. And so even before I was published, I uh, gathered this prayer team. So the first thing I did was I went to my prayer team and uh, some of my counselors and just sent them them that idea and asked them to pray and so about a month of praying and then i had joined with um, cynthia Rukti, who became my agent she's from books and such and i said to her when uh, she signed me i said hey i just want to let you know i'm actually thinking of becoming an agent is there is, would there be like a possibility for me to do that here and um, the answer was yes and so then that opened up some conversations between myself and Janet Grant, and we had several conversations, and I prayed some more. I had just had so much peace about it, and we just went forward, and I started January 4th. Wow. wow. <laughs>
0: so that's just, uh, as we're recording this, that's just a few days ago, really. That's <laughs> yeah. So what has been your impression after all of one week on the job?
2: <laughs> oh, my goodness. My impression is that... A lot of writers who want to be traditionally published have not done their homework. Mm -hmm. They -hmm. don't understand what it takes. And they sadly, naively believe that if they have a good idea, that that is enough. Mm -hmm. And while that can be true, there can be good ideas with no platform, that can happen. But it has to be a pretty stupendous idea with stellar writing and all of that, Um, I typically, this is very sad and I wish that wasn't the case, but the way I'm weeding out my yeses and nos and mostly nos is just asking, what's your platform? Hmm. And I'm taking mostly nonfiction and so it matters more. If I were taking more fiction, I, that that number and that thing doesn't matter as much. But um, on nonfiction, if I'm going to take a project to a publisher It's one of the first things they're going to ask, so it's got to be the first thing I ask too.
1: Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. My first month agenting with all the proposals that came to me, probably 98% of them, were exactly what you say. They hadn't done their homework. I went to Steve Lobby because when I was working as the managing editor for publishing houses, heading up fiction lines, I had readers who did the first pass read on proposals. I didn't have that as an agent. And so I went to Steve (laughs) and I said, who are these people and how do they keep finding me? (laughs) (laughs) which, please, listeners, don't think that we're making fun of you. It's simply the fact that I had not realized, naively, I had not realized how many people just don't understand what's involved in seeking a traditional publishing contract. Right.
0: So aside from platform, what what else would attract you, Mary, to working with a specific person? Because there may be lots of people who might meet some of those criteria. What what would sway you in one direction over the other?
2: Well, I've had the privilege of working with authors for about 15 years now. And so, of course, one of the answers is relationship. Right. (laughs) Relationship. matters if I know someone well and I know their writing and I know their heart and I know what they do to promote and I know all that already, I can take what they say at face value. So that helps, of course. The other thing is if it kind of hits a very strong pain point, uh, in the culture today, and we've got lots of pain points, thanks right. to culture. <laughs> yeah. And so um, I'm also looking for something to speak into what's going on in our world, and so that could trump, uh, to use you know, a president's name, but that would trump some other things. That would um, maybe cancel out the need for a bigger platform if there's something theological to say. I'm also really, really interested in... Theologically sound voices, mm-hmm. um, people who know their Bible very well. I have to be able to stand before God someday mm-hmm. with the things that I champion and be able to say that this is good for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And if it's slipshod theology or it's, you know, playing loose and loosey goosey with the word of God, I'd, I don't care if it's going to make me a million dollars. I just flat out don't care. It, I would not yeah. put it out there.
1: Right, yeah. right. Well, and that's, that's integrity in what you're doing, and that's, that's far too lacking in our world today. Right. What do you
0: think now? Let, let's switch gears a little bit. And we led with this whole um, idea of your podcast, Pray Every Day. That surely was a
2: change in, from being a writer. Uh, so how did that podcast come out? You know, it it um, launched three years ago in the midst of some pretty extreme spiritual warfare. So that always makes me realize that God's up to something when there's, a bunch yeah. of, you know, Couple around it, um, but I was actually launching the book Jesus Every Day, which is a 365-day devotional where it's like the opposite of Jesus calling and Jesus calling. Jesus says stuff to you in Jesus Every Day. You get a scripture and you pray that scripture back to God. So that mm-hmm. it's a prayer that you say or that you read back to God. And I was meeting with my mastermind group. I have my own, you know. Uh, author marketing mastermind group that I'm a part of. And uh, we were on our retreat and I said, I I wanna think of something that would be creative to launch this book. And my friend Thomas Umstead said, you should do a podcast Mm -hmm. where you read scripture and pray according to the scripture. And I was like, wow, that's brilliant. It was not my idea but that's how it came about. It started on February 1st, three years ago, and it's just that simple. It's about five minutes long. I'm reading through books of the Bible. Right now, I'm reading a chapter of Isaiah every day, and I read it, and then I pray according to what I've read, and I pray for my audience. That's all it was.
1: Wow. That's, that's amazing. The Word of God reaching out and touching people all over the world and that's that's exactly what we need. I'm I'm delighted that, that it has had the reach and the success that it's had because it's the word of God. Mm-hmm. So that's outstanding. I love that's using that's using social media the way it should be used,
2: right? Yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> and, and actually, I love this, Mary, because this idea, the podcast, you were like, oh, first reaction, brilliant idea, and that moves forward. But the agent, you know, first reaction, dumb idea, but that still moves <laughs> forward. I, I mean, it's just, to me, it's that when you go and you continue to explore and when you see the path that God is putting you on, it, it, maybe some of us out there might have that same reaction oh that's not that's not a good idea but when we are open to it or continue to explore and especially when we are willing to pray about it I love how that opens doors that we would not have gone through
2: yeah I when when authors come to me and say well what's the best thing I can do for my career I always um, echo Randy Alcorn's advice get yourself a prayer team yep uh, have them walk you through your entire career. I would not be where I am today without prayer. Right. Well, so let's talk
0: about another change, or maybe it's just an addition. You've got this art shop. <laughs> <laughs> <That's crazy>. <laughs> <laughs> how, how is this? Talk a little bit about how you can be a writer and still do all these other things, because I think some people feel maybe pigeonholed as, the,
2: as if they can only write. But look at all these other things you're doing. Yeah. I, I think about, you know, some people are made renaissancey that way. Like that's just <laughs> uh, to use it to coin a word. Um, and I'm that way. I like I, just, that. I like that. <laughs> I I just have a lot of interests. And if I had listened to folks way back at the beginning of my career, I wouldn't be where I am today because I did write fiction and I wrote nonfiction and I wrote memoir and I wrote devotionals and you know I've I've done historical fiction i've done everything and i don't know why the lord has allowed it but it's been great but in terms of the art that was a fluke and this is why i think it's really fun so about five or six maybe seven years ago i had a friend of mine that instead of not eating chocolate for lent or whatever he would create a piece of art every day and i just loved that idea so for about three or four years during Lent, I would just create a piece of art every day, and sometimes, occasionally, I throw it up on social media—not often, but sometimes—and I would send it to my newsletter list and and whatever. And I just started having all these people ask me for it, hmm. and for years I resisted. I was like, "That's dumb. There's no else <laughs> That's." That. <laughs> I just, that's- super insecure about my art because I'm not insecure about my writing I have been working on it for decades and I'm very good at it and I know that and I'm not saying that to be prideful but I have confidence in all of that work that I've done but I haven't studied art and I haven't I don't have any of those decades behind me and so I'm super insecure but finally I just thought well I'll just throw a couple things up on this Etsy shop and see what happens and uh it's ended up being what helped me during the pandemic to make money. It was surprising. It's actually been very sweet. So yeah. yeah. And again, um, the thing that sells the most on that shop are 31 scripture cards. And that was an idea from my friend, Susan C, who is a amazing, um, author in, in Austin. And, uh, she said, you know, you really ought to make little cards of scripture with art on them. And I was like, that's cool. Mm. And she, she was brilliant. And that I, So I guess one of the things I'll say is listen to your readers, listen to the people around you, listen to people who know you. They actually may see things in you that you don't see in yourself. Um, And that's such
1: interesting because that plays into your responses to these ideas. When your response to Thomas's idea of the scripture and all that was, wow, that's brilliant. It was because it was scripture. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was you praying what you learned from that scripture, but it was still scripture but when it was the idea of you being an agent and the idea of you doing your art, your response is, well, that's dumb because we're so insecure <laughs> about the abilities yeah. that we have to share Creativity in other ways beyond writing. So I think it's a good lesson to us that if our first response is something like, that's dumb, stop and evaluate why you think it's dumb. Why are you thinking that this is not something you should be doing? It could be God saying, well, that's dumb. Or it could be (laughs) your inner voice and tapes saying to you, no, don't do that because it's too scary and you'll be putting yourself on the line and you just really don't want to do that. You don't need any more rejection. You're an author. <laughs> we need to be aware of how our own inner tapes impact our ability to step out and try something.
2: Mm. Yeah. I, you know, I, Karen, that is brilliant. I have never <laughs> thought of it that way. <laughs> I'm serious. You get five gold stars. <laughs> I had never thought of it that way, but you are so right. I think a lot of us as artists, and I'll just say it like as, you know, vocalists, artists, phys, you know, whatever, right. uh, graphic artists, we are quick to discount what god has put inside of us i'm you know i said i'm rapid reading the bible again i just got through the temple and all of the people that god had imbued with these talents of and some of them were the jack of all trades they some of them were renaissancey they were like doing bronze and then they were doing weaving and they were doing and so the bible has precedent for you to be able to be you And to do the things that he calls you to do. And he's also very gracious to place people in your life to encourage you when you're freaked out about it.
1: Yes, yes, (laughs) I love that.
2: He takes care of all of it. Why can't we just
1: rest in that and trust him? (laughs) Mary, as we're starting to come to the
0: end of our time, um, is there anything else you would want writers to know
2: about change? Well, of course, it's the one thing we can count on, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) The only thing that never changes is change, right? (laughs) That's right.
2: Uh, It reminds me of, there was a a discussion on um, the Books and Such Facebook page, which is, that's a literary agency I'm with, and someone brought up new social media platforms um, in light of just recent events, and should we jump on to those as well? And my first hunch was, well, you know, of course we need to be flexible and nimble and and go where our readers are. So right. I won't say you have to go here or go there, just find your readers and go where they are. But the other thing we talked about was thinking of some of those long-term things that cannot be taken away from you. Right. Social media platforms can be, but your email list typically cannot be. Mm. And so... Um, my, my thought is, yes, there's going to be change in the industry, there's going to be change in our world, but building your tribe on platforms that you own is really important. So on your website, your email distribution list, those are things you own, and that's where we should place our concentration. There are so many stressed out authors there spreading themselves thin,
1: right. and my
2: advice in that way is to find one thing first, do it well And then venture after. You can put yourself out in all the places, just don't deal with them for a while. Become great at one and then venture after that.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yep, That's very true. We can also hold fast to the fact that the one thing that will never change is God and Mm -hmm. his speaking into our hearts and our lives, his leading, his directing. Um, He is who he is now and forever, and we can trust him. And it's clear that you've done that. It's clear that you have grown and learned that When he plants an idea in your mind, yes, let's explore this and see if this is a door he's going to open. I love that kind of confidence and that kind of freedom because we can just rest in the fact that he has the very best in mind for us and we can never tell how he wants to use us. So Mary, Thank you for being an example of that. Thank you for looking to God and to prayer to guide you and to lead you in the decisions you make. And thank you for reminding us that the most powerful thing we can do for not just our careers and our writing, but for our lives and our witness is to steep ourselves in the word and to steep ourselves in prayer. Um, It's been a delight. You've been a delight. And we just wish you every good thing in this new venture God has
2: led you to. Thank you so much. It's uh, such a blessing to be on and I really appreciate your hearts for you know this this need in our industry and in our writings for the deeper things of God. I think a lot of us we look with earthly eyes on earthly success Mm-hmm. And we forget that on the other side, new heavens, new earth, I have yes. a feeling that the first are going to be last and the last are going to be first <laughs> and that the best sellers are going to be the least sellers and the least sellers are going to be the best sellers. And right. so we are not tasked with success. We are tasked with obedience. And Amen. so we have to look beyond what we see here with our eyes.
1: Yep. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Mary. Mary. Thanks
2: for joining us today.
1: You can find previous episodes and more resources at writefromthedeep.com. And I bet you know someone who needs this podcast. So please share it with them. So until next time, embrace the deep. Your writing and your life will never be the same.